Welcome back to Money Minutes for Doctors. Once again, I am your host, Christina McAteer, and on behalf of Brown Emergency Medicine and the Brown Emergency Medicine blog, we welcome you to Money Minutes for Doctors. We once again have our featured guest, Ms. Catherine. How are you today? Awesome. Thanks for asking, Christy. Wonderful. Well, welcome back once again. We appreciate your loyalty to this podcast as we are doing some good work spreading financial information to doctors so they have all the information they need to hopefully have financial wellness and financial success on their side. Exactly. And I also want to add to that financial peace of mind because, boy, finances can be very stressful. So today I've asked you to help us understand a little bit more about credit cards, um, your thoughts on them and approach to them. Um, You know, as a physician, we get countless amounts of credit card offers in the mail. And so, you know, some general questions to you. Are credit cards a good idea? When could we use them? How could we make them work to their advantage? So tell us a little bit about your thoughts on credit cards. So currently, my go-to card is an Amazon card. I hate to tell you this, but we're one of those people that keeps that company in business. (laughs) I'm sure you're not the only one. (laughs) Yes, There's a reason why Jeff Bezos just bought his $135 million mansion, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it's my, my purchases because we've learned we put everything on there. You know, when we needed a new water heater, we put it on there. When we needed a new furnace, we put it on there. We put, you know, all of these big purchases that we, that we can, we put on that, that Amazon card because of the points that we get back. And then I, I kind of save them. And I mentioned this before in another podcast, I like to save those for fun stuff that I wouldn't ordinarily buy. So my most recent fun stuff that I wouldn't ordinarily buy is yes, my audience is going to go crazy. When I tell you this, a scooter, I'm, I'm not quite into motorcycles, but I really wanted a scooter. Well, I had so many points on my Amazon car that I could use those points to be able to buy that scooter. Now, would I have bought it otherwise? Probably not. But I had enough points that I could do it. A couple of years ago, I used it to buy a camera. And a year before, I think I had bought, used it to buy a, uh, a Pilates reformer. Nice. So, yeah. So that's the kind of stuff I would spend it on. It's kind of fun stuff that I don't have to have. But it was kind of nice to be able to do that. And that's very, that Amazon card is very typical of these that give you like general rewards. They give you a specific number of points for each dollar spent. And in Amazon's case, they will actually send you a check for the amount, or I sometimes just will apply that to the credit card that I, that I've, whatever it is that I've purchased on them, I can use it to pay off the credit card. Now, just for my own mental imagery here, Catherine, is this like a motorized scooter? Am I seeing you on a Vespa or am I seeing you on a pedal scooter (laughs) going down the street? No, no, it's, it's a little bit bigger than a Vespa. All right. All right. (laughs) So I am, I am, I do have to get my motorcycle license uh, to, for this, but we all know that I am not that coordinated and I didn't think I could actually do a motorcycle. So I'm just going for my scooter. Very nice. Perfect for those warm Minnesota days. Yeah. Exactly. So we may have to take a picture of that. We can put it on the blog at some time. But yeah, and I know everybody's worried about my, me. I always wear a helmet, just so you guys are known. Love it. As an emergency room doc and prevention for injury, love the helmet comment. Love it. Only to, and very high end, very expensive helmets. And um, 
I don't go on like freeways and stuff. I only do like back roads. It's hard for me to get up more than 35 miles an hour, to be frank. So I'm sorry. It's kind of like the little old lady's motorcycle. That's all right. I love it. Um, (laughs) Going back to the rewards that allowed you to make that purchase, are those cashback rewards considered a taxable event? No, I've never been taxed on those. That's a great situation. I think that they probably consider it like a refund because it's like overpaying. Perfect. So if you have a card that's one or 2% cash back, I don't know if they even go higher than that. But if you do find yourself spending and now eligible for those cash back amounts, that would essentially be free money to you? Yeah, exactly. I like free money. I like free money. (laughs) And particularly if you're like us and you put a lot of money on these cards, it can add, it can add up. Now, the good news is most of these, I would say, do not have annual fees. So that's one of the things I hope our audience looks at. Always check out and see if those annual fees. And to your point about that, the platinum or the black card with American Express, I have not looked at that recently because I'm not willing to spend that kind of money for an annual card like that. Typically, those annual fees have been quite high. And I suppose at that point, it really is worth a calculation to see if your spending habits and the rewards justify the annual fee. Exactly. Exactly. Another question, just in terms of credit cards, does loyalty matter? I, I feel like, you know, if you have a card that you've had a long time and you talk to customer service and they say, oh, thank you for being a loyal member since blah, blah, blah. Does that get you anything or is it better to do some credit card shopping looking for one that has terms or incentives that really align with your current lifestyle goals? I would do the shopping. Um, And because this changes very frequently, depending upon which audience they want to go after. And although I've heard anecdotally of people calling in being longtime people and getting some, some bonuses or some reconciliations from the, from customer service, those are really rare examples. They're usually not, so so helpful. So it's not like being a loyal member gets you special incentives or eligibility for special promotions. I've not seen that, to be frank. Fair enough. Yeah. Another one I wanted to talk about was the uh, City Premier card. This is a MasterCard. And this is for uh, our clients and doctors who've got excellent and good credit scores. And what would that be, just to help our listeners understand? Oh, a credit uh, a fantastically good credit score is going to be over 800. So I'm guessing I have I did not look at the specific numbers on this, but it's probably I'm guessing 700 and above. It's probably there. If you, that's my rough guess. Now, what's great about this card is if you spend just 4,000 in the first three months, they give me an additional 80,000 points. Now, 80,000 points, if if it were on an Amazon card, would be like $800. So I don't. I didn't check to see on this a Mastercard if the points line up exactly the same, uh, but that's one way to be to be thinking about it. You also get triple points if you spend it at gas stations, hotels, restaurants, and supermarkets, and a couple of other places. And you can redeem these at an online merchant. See, this is great because you could use them to, for your Amazon purchases, Best Buy, cash. They do allow cash back. That's important. Not all of them do. Uh, You can also use them for gift cards or even the airline loyalty programs. That does sound like a good package. So check that one out. 
uh, and see if they're still offering it. So that's City Premier Card, uh, which is their MasterCard. Now, airline credit cards, I did use these for many years. As you know, there uh, before COVID, I was doing a lot of traveling. I had to fly Delta because they pretty much got all the gates in Minnesota. So if I wanted to leave here, I had to fly Delta. And there were some advantages to having certain ones of these cards, including um, membership in certain of the clubs at the airports. That was important to me because I spent so much time in airports that if planes or flights were canceled or I had delays or whatever, it was nice to be in the clubs where I could get some decent food and it was very quiet. If you Sometimes if you're purchasing things in the airplane, like if you're purchasing a snack there and you use that particular credit card that's linked to that airlines, it's a, it's a discount for doing it. So I do sometimes use those. Okay, perfect. So for those that travel, which who knows if that's even happening in the time of COVID, I suppose more now than certainly a year ago. But if you are traveling a lot, that might be one specifically to look at the American Airlines AA Advantage card, the MasterCard. If that might be one, apparently Uber and Lyft and certain restaurant chains also have similar kind of credit card deals. So you might want to check those out. Uh, the one that you mentioned at American Airlines, you get two miles for every dollar that you spend. So that could help get you some free airline tickets. And I have seen doctors really play this game well, so that uh, when they're doing their uh, continuing ed, they could take their families along to these lovely vacations. They're continuing it and their travels paid for, but they use these kinds of mileage points to pay for their families to go to Hawaii or Florida or whatever the latest CME training's at. Perfect. Yeah, I, I don't think those CME incentives are quite as <laughs> generous as they used to be, but probably makes sense to make every dollar work for you. Yeah, exactly. Now, there's another type or another reason certain people may want to switch credit cards, and that's to pay down debts. And these uh, credit cards are used to help you consolidate debts, get get rid of credit card debts. And so frequently they will tell you that if you transfer over all your other credit card debts or even some of them to us, you won't have any interest to pay for six months or a year or even 18 months. And that can be fantastic for the doctor who's got, I've got a lot of credit card debts, but if at least if I wasn't, didn't have to pay interest, I think I could get this paid off in a year or 18 months or whatever. And so those can be very helpful. Now you need to be careful because they almost always will charge you transfer fees, but I have not found the transfer fees to be too onerous. It might be like 2% or 3%. That's still better than paying 12 or 18% on your existing credit cards. And particularly if you think that you can get more austere with your spending and get these guys paid off, this can be a great solution. Yeah. I mean, I you see those offers in the mail and to me, it kind of seems like it could make sense in certain situations, particularly if it's 18 months of interest-free that gives you a window to pay off something. Perhaps it was unexpected, like you said, a water heater or something that, uh, you know, it costs a little bit that it could be an opportunity to pay that off without having to dip into your savings. Would that be an appropriate use of such? Yes, I think that could be um, a great way to be able to use this. I, but I, I'll tell you where I most frequently see it is the doctor who's got, is drowning in credit card debt. And they could be a resident and fellow that they needed to, you know, to pay for the last couple of years in schools, or sometimes they just, their spending just got ahead of them. And so we use this as a way, it's a, it's a stopgap me- measure as part of their debt plan to help them get out of, out of debt. 
Perfect. Perfect. So one example here is the uh, the Discover card. They call it the Balance Transfer card. And as we're recording this, any purchases that you make on this car in the first six months have zero interest. And any balance transfers have zero interest for 18 months. And there's no transfer fees. So if you've got that resident or that fellow that's within a year or so of graduating and finally getting that big girl job or big boy job, this could be a great way to tide things over. And at least that interest is not compounding until you're out and get, are getting more money. Good. So it sounds like maybe your financial timeline or at least a, a general look into the future to know where your finances are going to be might be a helpful way to approach your credit card choice. Yeah. One of the things to think about for sure. So for instance, if you're you know that broke um, resident or fellow, we might be more concerned about these zero balance cards than ones with loyalty points. You might switch to ones with loyalty points you know, after you get your attending job. Or if you find yourself pregnant with triplets, maybe you want to sign up for the one that has rewards card points to the supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a few other places. There so you go. There you go. Quick checklist of some things to think about when you're doing your research. Obviously, look for the annual percentage rates on what they're charging. Lower is obviously better. Um, monthly. Sorry to interrupt. What would you say is a good APR? Like, 10%. Have you seen lower? I feel like in years past, I've seen lower around the 8 9% range. I don't know. What, what's considered a good rate? That is a great question because I pay mine off every month and I never get charged APR rates. I have not looked at this recently. My guts tells me if you can find anything under 10, that's probably a very good rate. Okay. And I do have some uh, numbers here for the average, um, if you give me just a second, because I wanted to compare bank credit card rates with credit unions. And you can see there's going to be a big difference in the credit cards offered by those two different institutions. Okay, fair enough. So I will circle back to answering that in just a second, if that's okay. All right. So you want to look at APR, minimum monthly minimum repayments, particularly if we've got this on one of those debt payback cards, you want to make sure that you can make that minimum monthly payment. Credit limits, how much are they willing to give you? Uh, the rewards we talked about in cashback options. What are the fees? Are they charging monthly? Are they yearly? Uh, conversion fees, if you're traveling overseas, are another important thing because very often I'll use credit cards overseas, but they may have a conversion fee on top of the exchange rate. So watch out for those. That can be painful. Some of them actually have inactivity fees. So if you're not using it, they charge you. You obviously don't want those guys, so close those up. Uh, late fees, too, can get very onerous, so find out what those are. And obviously, you want to know about fraud liability. If nowadays, probably everybody you know is it somebody using their credit card at one time or another, right, with identity theft. So find out what your protections are there. And are there certain ones kind of in that vein that if you were traveling internationally, they offer more protection for international purchases or, or more favorable rates? Uh, that's not an issue that I have actually investigated, but that would make sense. Fair enough. So again, I guess just thinking about what the intent of the use of the card and, and matching one that really benefits your goal. Exactly. Now, to get back to your question about what are good rates, Q1 of 2021 According to the Federal Reserve data, the average interest was 
a whopping 15.91%. That sounds painful. <laughs> I think it's horrific. It sounds very painful. If that wasn't bad enough, one quarter later, it was up to 16.3%, once again, according to the Federal Reserve. Interesting. And and I would love your thoughts as we move into this time of inflation. Should we expect those rates to continue to rise? I'm ex- definitely expecting them to rise. You're reading my mind. So it's something we have to be very, very careful about during inflation, because obviously these lenders think they've got a Um, a good opportunity for making more money. Well, I think what scares me is I feel like there are so many people that have just made credit card spending such a habit that it would be so, so, so hard to change. And they're many times oblivious to what the interest rates are. However, I suspect if they really start soaring, um, that will be a wake up call for many. I would say check and check. I had a situation recently. This was not, this was not a doctor. It was referred to me by a very beloved doctor. And when I was going through her particular situation, I noticed that there were credit cards that had been having balances that were outstanding for over 20 years. They just did not realize what the interest rates were and what it was doing to them. So for instance, if you are what they call deep subprime, fortunately, most of our doctors are not there. That means that you got a credit score of 579 or lower, we're going to use what we call the rule of 72. So Chrissy, we've talked about this before. If you take any interest rate and you divide it into 72, you get the number of years that it takes to double. So very typical deep subprime interest rate on a credit card, believe it or not, is a whopping 21%. So if we take 72 and we divide it by 21%, that means every 3.4 years, that outstanding balance on that credit card is going to double. And so that that poor woman who had that money from 20 years ago, you can imagine how much she she had probably paid for that a hundred times over. Wow. I, yeah, I mean, part of me says, did she just not know (laughs) that she had the balance? But obviously this is such a good lesson to understand how those interest rates can really, really haunt you. Well, she knew that she had a balance, but I don't think she realized how painful it was or how much it was costing her. So if you, we were talking about the differences in your credit score. So at the one end, we've got that deep subprime. As I said, they're 579 or lower. At the top end, we've got super prime, which is 720 and above. That's where doctors are going to want to be. Remember, I said deep subprime average they're charging is 21%. But if you're super prime, guess what? They're only charging you 13.5%. I mean, now that's still painful if you divide that into 72. So if we take 72 and divide it by 13.5, we see it takes 5.3 years to double. It's better, but it's still painful, just not as painful. It's so interesting to me because I would philosophically argue that the people who probably are deep subprime are the ones that need the lower rates because that's the only way they could potentially come out of debt. But I guess I have to look at it from the bank's perspective that it's such a risky investment. They really need to make sure that they're making their money back because there's probably a lot of times they aren't. Exactly. Because the bank's concerned you default, you go bankrupt, they're not going to get paid at all, which is why the rates are so high. 
And so when you mentioned before about those specific credit cards that were linked to an account and had um, a balance limit associated with them, would those be applicable to folks in that deep subprime category? Well, actually, you could get those kind of credit cards, those when we call them secured credit cards, in any category. Mm, okay. So, you know, even though I'm in the super prime credit score rate, if I wanted a secured credit card, I could go into my bank and said, you know, put some money down and get a secured credit card. Okay. Yeah. So that's good to good to know. Now, one of the interesting pieces finance wise that a lot of doctors may not be aware, which is a credit union, which is owned by its members, typically offers lower rates on credit cards than a bank. So I had somebody on my team take a look at three local credit unions here in the Twin Cities. I'm in the Twin Cities today. I'm not in Rhode Island. But I had them look at three local Twin Cities credit unions and just to compare what the rates were to three local banks. And this was as of the end of September. But I thought it was very, very interesting. So one, the credit uh, credit union rates um, on the low side were 7.99% and on the high side, 18. So that was the range, these three. But the banks on the low side were 13.49%, but on the high side, 20, almost 23.5, almost percent. So those banks had considerably higher higher interest rates. So the story here is it may make sense to work with a credit union, particularly when it comes to credit cards. Hmm. Yeah, that's a notable difference. And if we, again, follow that rule of 72, it seems like those credit union rates would really behoove you to, uh, to make sure your accounts are there. Exactly. Now, one of the things you may be wondering is how do, how do they impact credit scores? Yes, I think that's always the question, especially with how important your credit score is in this day and age. In fact, I'm hearing more and more that your credit score actually becomes criteria for a job. I'm not sure if you're seeing that. Yes. And well, in financial services industry, it's actually a very big deal because I can't and would be crazy for me to hire anybody that had a very low credit score because the if they've got a low credit score, they're probably in financial trouble. And if they're, I don't want anybody that's in financial trouble working at a financial services firm, right? This just would not be prudent. It's like seeing an overweight doctor that continues to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that could happen. So when it comes to your credit score, 35% of your credit score is based upon the credit um, card payment history. Obviously, you need to pay them every month. You need to pay them on time. I'm a bit anal about this. So mine usually typically typically go in um, a couple days before their due date, depending on what it is. Or as I've mentioned before, I very often will make a purchase, whether it's a sofa or something big, and literally go home and do transfer the funds right away to the credit card. Yeah, I may not be getting charged interest on this, but I just do it because I want to make sure that when I look at my bank account, I know what my real balance is. So 35% is the payment history. Uh, 30% is using the utilization, how much is used. 15% is based on the length of time that you've had this credit card. And 10% is a mix of credit types. So by credit types, we mean, yes, one type, of course, is the Visa, MasterCards, et cetera. But there's another where you can get 
like a Macy's credit card or things that are with department stores. And new credit is also a 10%. Because in general, you don't want to be going out and, and applying for new credit cards, even no. quarterly or, or annually sometimes, right? Right, right. And sometimes it doesn't make sense to cancel them, even if you're not using them. Uh, because they do do some calculations based upon your available credit on how much you have outstanding on these credit cards. So the, if you've got a couple more credit cards open that you're not using, then your overall percentage is going to be lower and that can help. But there is some thought or, or tally given to the amount of credit available, right? So if you were applying for a new card and say you had the average of the four open cards and they had fairly high credit limits, that might be a restrictor. It, yes. In one sense, it might be helpful as opposed to your score, because if you've got a fairly high credit limit, but you're not using it, that is going to add points to your score. So if you have a very high credit limit, but there's nothing on the card that could increase your score, so it would be a favorable impact? Yes, yes. So I would say the biggest issue here is remember is payment history. This is really important to pay these on time. Now I have read that they don't start docking you and sending notes to the credit bureaus until you're at least 30 days or one billing cycle late. Uh, I would try not to do this. Keep, keep that in mind if you've got a really bad situation. Now, utilization is apparently the second highest impact. And by that, they want you want to keep your credit utilization rate, which we were just talking about this, at 30% or less. So that gets back to if we have a higher limit, it's better to not have as much outstanding on the credit card or not to put that much on it in the first place. Is there any value to it at some point just reassessing your cards and, and looking at how much credit you're utilizing and maybe even canceling a few cards? Oh, absolutely. And I've done that in the past. Maybe you've gotten the house. You're not going to be buying another house for five or 10 years. So we're not so worried about qualifying for a home loan. Maybe your cars are paid for. You're not buying another car for a number of years. You're not going to be buying any big things on purchase. That might be a chance to go through and, you know, cancel the Macy's card or Bloomingdale's or whatever it is, or, and just get it down to maybe three or four cards at that stage. And I assume that that's something you probably offer as a service to your clients. Well, we're certainly happy to give them advice on that. We don't actually go out and cancel the cards for them. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I don't think those credit card companies would like that, or the clients either for that matter. You don't want to be the parent to everybody, Miss Catherine? (laughs) No, no. Um, We also talked about mix of credit types. So when it comes to your credit score, having some credit cards is good. Not too many. We talked about that. But you also want to mix it with personal loans, maybe a mortgage, maybe you know, paying off a car. That mix of credit types actually helps improve your score. And of course, with the caveat that you're paying all of those types of credit lines on time. Exactly. And then we talked about the new credit. Every time you have what's called a hard credit inquiry, it actually reduces your credit score. So last year I managed to, I think it was finance two homes and an uh, an office building and who knows, whatever, because the interest rates were so low, we're telling everybody to do that. But every time those banks would run my credit score to see if I was credit worthy, it would 
drop about five points. So during this time period, when I was, when I was doing this, my credit score actually dropped about, I don't know, maybe 10 points or so, because once again, this was considered a hard hit on my credit inquiry. But, you know, after a couple of months, it was back up and it was, it was fine. So just be prepared. How often are the credit scores recalculated? Um, I don't, I don't know the answer to that because honestly, it could also, I wonder with some services, if it's actually daily, but there are a number of services that you can actually get um, notification of what your current score is. And I'm thinking I'm, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the one we have now that about once a month, it sends me what my latest credit score is. Perfect. And I suppose it really does make sense to be watching that month to month. Yes, I think that's a good idea. Get, get one of those services that will just send you an email reminder and that lets you know where you, st- where you stand every month. Great. Well, I think that is a lot of valuable information. And again, just thinking about how we pay for things in society with cash really largely being out the window and, and learning how to protect our accounts and you know using a debit versus a credit card and how to look at credit cards. So thank you, Catherine, for putting this together. I think that was all fabulous information. My pleasure. I hope it helps. Absolutely. Would you like to summarize a couple of key take-home points as we transition here? Yeah, I would say a couple of things. Don't be afraid of credit cards, but also don't use them in an addictive way. For some people, they can be like being an alcoholic. You know, you can't stop drinking. Some people, I have had a doctor I can think about who was addicted to spending, and she just purchased tons and tons of stuff on credit card. That was not healthy. For her. So be careful you don't fall into that category. Do your homework and you know that you've got this under control. This is not a problem for you if you're paying off in full every month. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Catherine. Great information and hopefully one more tool toward achieving your goal of financial wellness. Again, my name is Christina McAteer, and on behalf of the Brown Emergency Medicine blog and the Brown Emergency Medicine residency, a very special thanks to Miss Catherine for her time and expertise, and we look forward to tuning in with you next month. Be well.